0: Podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thank you so much for joining me today. Usually, this is where I would say something like, "I hope you had an amazing weekend." But listen, if you are a Packer fan, which you probably are if you're listening to this you probably had a pretty darn good Sunday because Green Bay Packer fans got some fairly phenomenal news on Sunday with the return of David Bakhtiari activated off the pup list and actually practicing on Sunday in pads, a gorgeous, Beautiful, wonderful, amazing sight to behold. And then the little cherry on top of the Sunday, not only was David Bakhtiari back, but Christian Watson actually did his first team activity. So you start talking about all these players that were on pop and having all of these injury concerns, you're starting to see potentially some light at the end of the tunnel. Now, Where David Bakhtiari's tunnel ends, there's still a lot of cloudiness, and we'll go over all of that. That's clearly going to be my main topic right away, but let's just start with the obvious, and it is amazing, beyond amazing, to see David Bakhtiari back at practice and with pads on at 1265. It's just, it's something that, you know, it was just so devastating to watch this ultra talented, arguably best tackle in football. I know Trent Williams exists and he certainly has every right to that claim as well, but Bakhtiari clearly right there and just have this devastating set of injuries and multiple surgeries and just have to watch him go through and watch this team compete in, in an NFC championship game that he can't play in, have a full season and another playoff run that he can't participate in, and then come into training camp and not be able to be active at the start of training camp. In it as much as it was a nightmare for Packer fans, It was so much more of a nightmare for David Bakhtiari. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to his comments from after practice, go and listen and just, you know, really marinate on how much this player cares about the sport of football, cares about this team, and has done everything in his power to get back to where he is today. It sounds like uh, there was a comment that he's in a great spot mentally from Matt LaFleur and that, you know, they're just going to take it a day at a time per usual, but Seeing him back at practice not only was like great for fans, not only was it great for Bakhtiari, but you could tell this was an energizing moment for his teammates as well. He broke down the huddle at the end of practice. There was some a little bit more goofing around in that offensive line drills. Like you just love to see David Bakhtiari back out there. And his presence, I can tell you, is uh, it's noticeable. And I can tell you as well that it matters to his teammates, especially his offensive linemen. He, he's just such an integral part of just coaching those guys up and being out there with the guys. And to have that back is incredible. Now, what that means moving forward for David Bakhtiari, the only thing that we know for sure is that he's back practicing and this is the first step. I know that some people immediately jump to the conclusion of, okay, they took him off the PUP list, so that means clearly he's going to play in the first four weeks of the season because otherwise, if they weren't sure about that, they would keep him on the PUP list so that he can stay on the PUP list going into the season, they can let things play out, and then at that point, they can bring him back whenever he's ready. So the idea would be, since they're taking him off the PUP list now, he clearly is going to play in the first four weeks. And while I think that's maybe likely to probable, With David Bakhtiari, I would not guarantee any such thing. And I'm not trying to be a wet blanket here. I'm just trying to go through this logically, right? At some point, when you have a player who was out since the NFC Championship game two years ago against the Buck, or in the playoffs two years ago, uh, and then missed all of last season, then came back and still had some issues sort of getting back to full health. At some point, you just need to get that player out in the practice field and see what happens. And I think that's clearly where they're at with David Bakhtiari. I don't think they have an idea of when he's going to be able to play. I don't think David Bakhtiari does. I don't think anyone's even reached that point yet. This is simply and clearly the first step in the process of David Bakhtiari returning. Now we'll see, like, can he stack days back to back? Is he back out at practice on Monday or do they give him some rest just to see how his body responds to that first day of individual drills? Now, to, like, what's the ramp up period here? And clearly he is going to have to be very in tune with his body and the Packers and the co- the medical staff are going to have to be very in tune with how Bakhtiari's body is responding. But until he gets back to individual periods and doing those every day, And then into team periods and doing those every day, and then into potentially, you know, seeing if he can actually play in a game. I wouldn't put, and Matt LaFleur said this all along, like I wouldn't put a timeline on anything. I don't think there's any guarantee that he plays in the first four weeks. I don't think there's any guarantee, you know, of how his body's going to respond to this new work as in individual drills and then eventually in team drills. So this is going to be very, very much a day at a time thing. And again, I want to be. Extremely positive of this. This is a huge deal that after this entire ordeal, he is finally off the pup list, practicing with his team. And this is the first step in him making his way back to being on the active roster and helping his teammates on Sunday, manning that left tackle position and being one of the best players in in all of the NFL. That's what David Bakhtiari is. So a huge day. Like I said, it's phenomenal to see him back and his energy and his intensity and his attention to detail and his coaching as a veteran on this team, a captain-esque player on this team. It is huge to see him back out there. So there's no two ways about it. This was a massive turn of events for the Packers and getting him back out there. But I do want to just set realistic expectations of maybe he's back week one or two, maybe it's four or five, but I wouldn't say just because of the pup rules. I don't, I don't think that played any factor in them activating him off of the pup. I think they're, they're clearly well aware of the rules, but at some point you're all pro left tackle just needs to get back at practice and you need to take it one day at a time to see how his body responds. I think that's very much where we're at right now. So we'll see if he's back at practice on Monday, we'll see if he eventually gets into team activities. Clearly he will at some point, but like what point that happens. We're still not seeing Elton Jenkins uh, doing some of the team activities. We're still not seeing Robert Tunyon do some of the team activities. So just because they're back in you know practicing doesn't mean that they're full bore ready to go. And you know if there was a game tomorrow he could play right now. If the Super Bowl was tomorrow, you know maybe you're starting to see you know, Robert Tunyon and David Bakhtiari and some of these guys try to ramp up a little bit quicker. Elton Jenkins, etc. Right, but. There's a long ways to go. We're basically still 3 weeks from the first regular season game and this is a grind of a season and you want these guys back healthy at the end of the year and ready to go when playoffs hit because as I've said before, unless something catastrophic happens to Aaron Rodgers and even then with the way Jordan Loves looked as of late, if Rodgers misses eight games, maybe maybe you can go four and four in those games and still, uh, y- you know, not absolutely have to tank your season during that time. So unless something crazy happens, this to me is a playoff team and you want David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Darnell Savage and anyone else that's hurt back when you need the most, Robert Tunyon, et cetera. So huge step, huge, huge, huge step for David Bakhtiari a beautiful day at 1265, seeing number 69 back at practice. And I'm not, I don't, again, I don't want to be a wet blanket on anything. This is a huge deal and it should be celebrated and we'll see how, you know, exactly what the next steps are for Bakhtiari, but uh, beautiful to see him back there practicing. And like I mentioned, the other icy or the cherry on the top of everything is Christian Watson actually doing team drills. So we're starting to see this team knock on wood, everything else, every superstition that you have help me out here, but starting to get back healthier. Right. You, I always look at this and I've probably mentioned this before, but every day at practice, like I always look at it of like, all right, if there was a game today, how would they, how would they be able to match up? Like what players would be out? And you're looking at it and you're like, okay. And and I'm talking about players that are of significance here. Right. So Boxiari probably still wouldn't play Elton Jenkins probably wouldn't play. I was like, Christian Watson, they'd probably wait a little bit on if the game was actually today you know, Darnell Savage wouldn't play. Mason Crosby wouldn't play based on their current injury status. So like, those are your guys, right? Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Darnell Savage, Mason Crosby, you know, and then some of the guys, you know, Christian Watson, etc. So Those those are some of the guys, and I think ultimately you feel pretty good of of where you could get with that group, and you know for the first part of the season, you know now clearly if you can start getting Tunyon back, if you can start getting Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari and Darnell Savage and some of these guys, yeah, now you're you're clicking on all cylinders. Mason Crosby is a huge piece of that as well. But overall, if you look at it just what a couple weeks ago, where they got like 15 guys not practicing. You're now looking at just Vernon Scott, Dallin Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, Darnell Savage, Akil Byers, Mason Crosby, and Kylan Hill. So only seven players that did not practice. And there were four more in the teams, or in team drills that didn't play David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Innis Gaines, and Tunyon. So still 11 players missing from the team drills at the end, but only seven that are not practicing in some capacity. And some of those guys, not the biggest deal in the world, right? Not to Again, not to crap on anyone there, but like you can survive a lot of games without Vernon Scott, Dallin-Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, Akeel Byers, and Kylan Hill, right? And I like a lot of those guys. I really do. But like those aren't the guys that are gonna ultimately get you wins or losses at the end of the day. Darnell Savage, Mason Crosby... Robert Tunyon, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari. Yeah, those five, those guys are going to matter. And you're going to want those guys back healthy. But again, the goal is to be healthy towards the end of the season. So great to see Christian Watson back in team drills. He caught a couple of passes right away. So you love to see that as well. He's going to bring some energy and some juice to that wide receiver room and just some some pure unadulterated speed and run after the catch ability. Something that I think this offense has been sorely lacking uh, without Watson on the field. So we'll see if that opens up some more of the offense with a play Matt LaFleur mentioned that they are, quote unquote, getting opinions on Vernon Scott, which is never a great thing because usually that means that it was probably some form of bad news and they want to try to get a few more opinions to see if maybe they can get a little bit better news. And hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's just, all right, do we do a quick cleanup on something or do we wait till the end of the year and just see if it heals on its own? That's probably some form of the conversation, but hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later. Really feel for Vernon Scott because this is a player who, again, redshirted all last season, who didn't play at all, who they felt enough confidence in to keep around and not subject him to waiver so he could stay on the team. Gets in, Darnell Savage gets hurt. He gets the de facto number two safety spot next to Adrian Amos. Has had a very has had a good camp. I don't There hasn't been anything like epic about it. You know, he's had a couple of big plays here and there, but like very few mistakes. In fact, the play where he hurt himself on him, I think it was like the first egregious play that I can remember Scott having where he missed the tackle on the play. But overall, he's having a really nice camp. And you just want to see him get back and hopefully be able to help this team. So hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later. But uh, he is, uh, again, quote unquote, getting opinions on his shoulder at this time. One player who did return to practice was Innes Gaines. As I mentioned, he's not doing team drills, but he did return to individual drills. With the way this team is currently at at safety, if Gaines could get back in time to play in that game on Thursday, that would be massive for his chances of making the team. With how slim this team is at, is at safety, they could really use him back, even if it's just in that game. But Gaines will have the opportunity to go out and show out and show if he's able to uh, you know, get one one of those roster spots, especially with all the injuries at safety. All right, so a couple other uh, news and notes here. Uh, there were a couple transactions. Chauncey Manack and Ty Clary were let go. Green Bay will have to get three more players off of their roster by Tuesday's deadline. And they could have to make some additional moves because as we just mentioned, the safety position is a little bit obliterated right now. So they could have to add potentially another safety to that group prior to Thursday's game just so they have enough people to suit up. So that will be worth monitoring as well. But as of right now, they need to release three additional players after releasing Manak and Ty Clary on Sunday. All right, I was not at practice on Sunday, but uh, a couple notes that were out there. The Probably the biggest one was that Eric Stokes had a big day, multiple pass breakups, and was very, very active on the final two-minute drill of the day. I think it was like three different plays uh, where he was able to get involved in and sort of causing completions. Eric Stokes is an interesting player. Um, I don't fully believe that Stokes is fully invested uh, in practice, the way that he is in games, and I think we saw that last. Year. And listen, he, he's somebody that's constantly improving his craft. So I, I'm—I don't mean to say this as a detriment of like he's not practicing the way he should. It's just I think when games come, that fire just ignites in Eric Stokes, and that's when he really starts to play at higher level. Because if you remember, training camp last year was a big struggle at times. Now, for the most part, if you're you know, having to man up Devontae Adams on a lot of days, you're going to, I don't care what corner you are, you're going to have some bad days, right? But he had some bad days at training camp, came into the regular season as a rookie and played really well for a rookie cornerback in his first year in the NFL. And I think it's gonna be the same. I think he started sort of slow, but I think in some of these competitive uh, activities, we've seen him gear up a little bit more. And I think once the regular season hits, he is going to be more than fine opposite Jair Alexander. So uh, great to see him have a big day though, because I think he probably could have used that a little bit. Uh, just again, you know, I, I, he's not gonna ever lack for confidence, but you know, just to get the good mojo going. And uh, again, hopefully things trending in the right direction for him as he kicks off the season but I have zero concern in Eric Stokes. He's going to be just fine, but love seeing him have a big day after having a, a mostly nondescript and quiet camp up until that point. As far as the starting offensive line goes, stop me if you've heard this before, very similar offensive line, Yash Nyman, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Jake Hansen, and Royce Newman. And now the question becomes, all right, what do you want that offensive line to be if now David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are ready to go. And again, whether that's week one, week four, week eight, who knows. But if that starts being the case, I think there's a couple different ways they can go. And I I do think they've tipped their hand in some capacity and that you know Jenkins immediately came back at right tackle. And they've also mentioned that Yash has not taken to right tackle well, that they want to keep him at left tackle. So if everyone's healthy, you know, and even even with the, the John Runyon Jr. situation last week where they like benched him for a little bit and put Zach Tom at left guard, like I think that was an opportunity to see Tom at left guard to think of like, all right, do we need to move maybe John Runyon Jr. back to right guard? I think they're going to try just about everything, but I, I would be willing to bet clearly Josh Myers is going to be the center. I think David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at right tackle. I think they just keep John Runyon Jr. at left guard rather than trying to make a bunch of like crazy moves. And then I think right guard becomes where you start figuring out who you want to play at that spot. And I think then it would become Jake Hansen, Royce Newman, and Zach Tom that would be heavily involved in the conversation of who would start at that right guard position. So I would lean Zach Tom just based on how he's played so far. If it were me, I lean towards David Bakhtiari at left tackle. Again, this is assuming everyone's healthy. David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Zach Tom at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyan Jr. at right guard, and then Elton Jenkins at right tackle. I don't have a huge issue if I know. Uh, again, I was talking with Justice about this and a couple other people. I don't mind if they want to go Bakhtiari and then Elton Jenkins or, or John Runyan Jr. at left guard, but probably you know either one. Like Jenkins and Runyan uh, at the guards, Myers at center, and then Zach Tom at right tackle. I think they could definitely go in that direction as well. But if I had to guess. If everyone was healthy and they were playing a game tomorrow, I'm pretty, you know, fairly certain they would go Bakhtiari, John Runy Jr., and then Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Elton Jenkins at right tackle. And whether Royce Newman should be in that spot is a, I think, debatable um, decision. Like I said, I think if they were to go with Jenkins at right tackle, Runy Jr. at left guard, and then Bakhtiari and Myers, to me, it should be probably Hansen or, or Tom at right guard, in my opinion, not not uh, Royce Newman. I still think there's upside for Royce Newman. I think at worst, he's a, a solid rotational um, offensive lineman that can give you a variety of different positions off the bench. Uh, but I do think that hopefully they can really get some competition going there once uh, Bakhtiari and Jenkins are back. So, But as of right now, Yash, Runyon, Myers, Hansen, and Newman left to right, which it has been for some time now. One other player who had a bit of a standout day and who has really been impressive since he got to Green Bay, has been kicker Ramiz Ahmed. Uh, As Bill Huber notes, uh, he made all six of his field goal attempts with a long of 51 yards at practice. He is now 17 of 19 at practice and two of two in game. So he's 19 of 21 overall. And you could just tell on the very first day that Ahmed showed up at practice. He had a much more lively leg, and the ball just came off of his foot much cleaner and much simpler and much more accurately than what Gabe Burkage, you know, what his leg was doing prior to injury. So uh, this was, I think, a fairly significant upgrade for Green Bay, and it is noteworthy that Mason Crosby is still on the pup list. He is not going to play this week in the preseason game against Kansas City. So there is, you know, some at least there. There should probably be at least some level of concern that maybe Crosby is not able to go for the start of the season. And I will say right now, I feel a heck of a lot better with Ramiz Ahmed being the kicker than I did about Gabe Burkett. Like Gabe Burkitch just buckle in and like flip a coin. Like what you had no idea what was going to happen. I do think that there is, you know, you've got you've got potentially Jack Coco, Pat O'Donnell, and you know Ramiz Ahmed as your long snapper, holder, kicker, man, like that's, that's not exactly, uh, instilling a ton of confidence in, in a team that, you know, in a special teams group where that specific combo could be needed to win games, especially as this, I think is going to be a low scoring team, uh, both offensively and defensively to start the season. So there's some concern there, but I've been very, very impressed with how Maddie continued is, is, uh, you know, hot start to being a Green Bay Packer on Sunday. And we'll see if he can kind of keep that up, but he's been an impressive kicker. And I don't think Mason Crosby is anything to worry about by any means, but he's been a massive upgrade over Gabe Berkich. And then last but not least, there was again, the conversation between Matt LaFleur and, and the media about whether or not he would play his starters. And you didn't have to read between the lines too much to see that. I think Matt LaFleur would like to put his players in. I think, you know, He's understanding, I think, Aaron Rodgers' side of things and, and his player side of being like, you know, what what's the risk reward here, right? The, the reward is that you gain some some valuable snaps prior to going to Minnesota and having to play on the road and work some of the rust off in a regular season game the the risk is clearly a player that gets hurt that you know tears an acl or something and you lose them in a meaningless game and i know matt lafleur didn't want to use the word meaningless but it's a meaningless game when it comes to wins and losses and what's going to actually happen this season so i'm of the mind of like i said this is going to be a playoff team and i'm not super concerned about seeding so just go out and win your playoff games is, is what this is going to all be about I, I wouldn't play the majority of these guys, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, in, in that preseason game. And if they lose to Minnesota on the road week one, they lost to New Orleans week one last year and everything ended up just fine throughout the course of the regular season. And they didn't lose to San Francisco because they didn't play guys in the preseason game. That's just ridiculous. So I lean in that direction. I think what Matt LaFleur said and what I've echoed before is that there's no perfect calculus here. You're, you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. There's no good answer. If you can play your guys and you get out of the game healthy, that's the good answer. If you you know if you don't play your guys and you get crushed week one, that's a bad answer. If you play your guys and a couple guys tear ACLs, that's a bad answer. You know, so like you don't know until it happens of what, whether it was the right move or the wrong move. But I, I think if the if the risk of one is losing key guys that could affect your season long term, um, or you know, on the flip side, the risk is being rusty week one. I think being rusty week one is the better alternative than to potentially lose guys in a game that does not matter. So that's where I come out on it. I think that's where Green Bay is going to come out on it as well. I wouldn't expect to see too many players. He did mention that all players will dress prior to the Thursday game and go through warmups. So it's not just going to be a day off for anyone. Uh, Everyone's going to be traveling that's healthy. And again, everyone will go through warmups and dress, but uh, I would be at this point, expecting that maybe we're not going to see starters. And if we even do, I don't think it's going to be for too long, maybe a quarter. I know Rodgers has been very adamant that he doesn't want to just play like three plays. He wants that, you know, if he's going to play, he wants to go out there and maybe play a quarter, two quarters. But I don't know. I just don't see it going in that direction on the road in Kansas city. Like I just think there's more bad that can come out of it than good. And I think Matt LaFleur is probably going to lean in that direction as well. That is going to do it for me today. David Bakhtiari back at practice, still buzzing about that. I know Packer fans have been well as well. It's amazing to see him out there and uh looking forward to seeing him back at practice this week. I'm gonna be I'm not gonna be at practice on Monday. I should be there on Tuesday and be looking forward to seeing the big giraffe out there blocking people and doing what he does best. So amazing news for Green Bay in 1265 and Packer fans everywhere. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to end it for today. I will be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!